these scriptures. That, and, you know, for weeks and weeks, it seems like I bring up some of the same scriptures. Some, there's so much as far as similarities go uh, as the messages keep going one to another. But I really do believe, my brothers and sisters, that it's for a purpose. But as we look at this, that I may know him. The Apostle Paul, one of the mightiest apostles that, that has ever lived, the second, in my opinion, the second greatest evangelist who ever walked the face of the earth, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. All of those things and the mighty revelation that he was given, he makes the statement that all of those things that he counts as trash, they're valueless compared to the excellency of knowing Jesus, that I may know him, my brothers and sisters. And uh, I want to show you this. Uh, those of us who have been together, we've seen this a couple of times, but I think since we've been in this location, I've only showed it once. But this just is a perfect video. So please, if you would. The Wait a minute, we need the video. On average, 47,000 thoughts in a single day. Over 17 million a year and over 1 billion in a lifetime. That's, That's hundreds of millions of questions in a year life. life. Of those questions, of these those three questions, resound. These three resound. Who, am I? Who, am Who am I? Why am I here? Where do we come from? These three questions led to an even bigger question. These three questions lead to an even bigger question. These three questions led to an even bigger question. A question that answers... All questions. A question that answers all questions. All questions. Do you know him? Do you know him? No, 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 no. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word 
sisters I've played that because last week it was just so the mystery and the mystery was all about Jesus a king coming to this planet a king coming to this planet that is all powerful and choosing to stretch out his arms and die for us it's it's meant to be something that would stump those who think themselves to be very high and lofty as it relates to their intellect. It's something that's meant that it can't be figured out. It makes no sense. Remember from last week, it absolutely makes no sense that a king would come and and do that, and especially do that for me. Amen. Amen. I know what I was before I gave my heart to him. I know what I was, and I know what my capabilities now in and of myself without him. But he did that for me, my king. Is he your king? Do you know him? And that's, I, I, I love that video. You know, S.M. Lockridge, that was part of a message that he preached first in, I think it, that, that first came to light, that bit there was um, in 1976 in Michigan. And subsequent to that, I think he, he added to that, he added to that. He's since passed and gone to be with the Lord. But what a mighty message that he preached. I listened to the message in, in its entirety, and it was like an hour and plus. So lock the doors. No, 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 no don't get... But that is an awesome, awesome thing. Do you know him? And do you know him on a spiritual level? Not necessarily have you figured him out intellectually. So we're going to go in, uh, to 1 Corinthians, kind of where we were last week, and then we'll jump off the platform from there. In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, beginning in verse um, 1, you won't, it won't be on the board, but we'll, we'll get together later. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. See, my brothers and sisters, it's, it's again, not making any sense as it relates to an all-powerful, almighty God, a king of the universe who spoke everything we can see, and even those things that we cannot see, spoken to existence, but for him to come on, on earth, and then for the apostle Paul to come and say, look, and, and, re- and remember the situation at Corinth, very much like what we have in the United States. Very wealthy, um, you know, a lot of things going on, 
schools, education, I mean, as it relates to things in this world, I mean, that was Corinth. And they had many wise people running around, many philosophers and, and different philosophies. Because it was a port city, there were people from other places that would come and share their ideas. And it was, you know, they had their think tanks and so on and so forth. And so Paul goes and he says, listen, I just preached to you Christ and him crucified in my speech. I didn't use, you know, fancy words and platitudes. I just, I didn't make make you try to impress you with my, you know, buck 50 words. I didn't do any of that. I just spoke the cross of Christ. But there also was a demonstration somehow of power. And remember from last week, the power of God is in that. We can never forget the cross of Christ. We can never minimize what was done. Oh yeah, that's where I got my my freedom. That's where I was freed from sin. That's where I got my forgiveness. That's where the price of my sin was paid. Absolutely, positively, no question about it. But that's where the power starts. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, today we're going to get a lot of what we're talking about. John chapter 5, beginning of verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem now, there in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate, there was a pool. It's called in the Hebrew, Bethsaida, but it, it, having five porches. And then these, there's a great multitude of people waiting. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? Instead of reading, I think there's enough of you in here. I, I think everybody in here has read this or has been involved in this. So I'm just going to summarize it. Listen, there was this pool. And by this pool, people sat. They waited for the angel to stir because if the angel stirred the water, the first one in got healed. Okay, so now there's a crowd of people by this pool. And Jesus walks up to a man who was lame for 38 years. And he says to the man, would you like to be made well? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I mean, let me think a minute. Would you like to be made well? And the man says, yes, but there's no one in to help me in the pool when the angel stirs the water. I want to, we could stay here and we could preach. But my brothers and sisters, how many of us remain in the state that we're in because we don't want to move? We're waiting for someone else to move us. We're waiting for someone else to have that word for us. You know what? There's so many times when people go um, out of church uh, or they, 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 they go to find another church. Well, that pastor, he didn't give me, I'm looking for a word. Well, if the pastor that you're sitting under, not necessarily here, but if the pastor that you're sitting under is preaching out of this, there's the word. But see, so many of us want to have that, that touch, that special thing. We want that word from God. Well, that is the word from God, and it is for you, right? But see, you're waiting for that special thing because you want... See, maybe you came up like I did in a charismatic church and you've got to have that, that prophecy or that, that, that word of knowledge or whatever it is. I'm going to tell you something. There is no word of knowledge separate from Jesus. There's no, there is no knowledge separate from him. He is knowledge. My brothers and sisters, there, this, he is the word. He is the word. And there is no knowledge. There's nothing worth knowing that's not Jesus. doesn't begin and end with Jesus. So, so many times we're looking for that one thing, that one push, that one person, that one word, that one preacher, that one pastor. And so we, we follow, we start following these celebrity preachers and teachers. And I'm not, listen, please hear my heart. I'm not criticizing. But, but, but if we're doing that, my brothers and sisters, we may be missing something 
else. Because see, it's not about me listening to that magic word that I'm hearing on TV because ultimately what that's speaking to is I'm looking for something that maybe is not the truth. I'm looking for something that is appealing to me. See, and sometimes when the word comes at me, it doesn't necessarily make me feel good in that moment. Sometimes that word, when it comes at me, it brings conviction. It corrects me. And then that's what I needed all along. See, I'm thinking I need that little, uh, admi- I'm, lo- I'm looking for that little word that, that brings me some, some hope, some strength. I'm looking for that, that blessing you're waiting for, Tony, is right around the corner. I'm looking for that word. I'm looking for that magic minister. I'm looking for that, that little pill that I could take and all the troubles go away. I'm looking for that pastor, that minister, that he's going to wave that magic wand and boom, done. Everything's done. When in fact, what I really need is someone to tell me the truth. I need for someone to tell me, listen, this is, brother, in love, in love, I need someone to tell me, brother, hey, what, what's, what's really bothering you? I think, here's what the Lord would, how about this scripture? Hey, where are you in your word? Nine times out of ten, when someone comes to me, the first thing I'll ask them is, where are you in your studies? And nine times out of ten, you know what they say to me? Okay. I don't turn them away. Well, there's where we start. Let's break open and let's see what he's saying. Let's, let's have Jesus minister to you. I'm going to minister Jesus to you. I'm going I'm to give you the scriptures. I'm going to let the Holy Ghost lead me and I'm going to help by the Holy Spirit. But you have to have something too. Amen? All right, so I'm not going to stay there. But there's no one in there to move me into the... So Jesus says, pick up your bed and walk. And he says, listen... Sin no more, or a worse thing will come upon you. Now, as he's walking, he being the man that was healed, um, you know, the, the, the Pharisees go up to him and they tell him, hey, it's the Sabbath day. You're not supposed to carry your bed. He said, well, the man that healed me said to pick up my bed, so I did it. I obeyed, right? <laughs> when the Word of God tells you something, you just got to obey it and not worry about what other people think or what other people might say. Amen. Uh-oh, boy, that was a mouthful right there, wasn't it? I'm glad this is being recorded. Did anybody write that down? No, did you think about that for a minute? See, it doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter what other people say. It doesn't matter. What matters is what thus saith the Lord. And when he says it and he asks me to do something, then I do it. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. But so many times we're going to measure it against culture, family, friends. Maybe I can do it, but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna do it a little bit on the sly, or I'm gonna do it, but I'm not gonna do it fully. I'm not gonna. Don't do it. Let's keep going. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go on this side a little bit because. Uh... But see, that's another thing, and I know this is something that people don't want to say. Sin no more, lest a worse thing will come upon you. That's not a very popular message in this current culture that we're living in, that's, that's not how you fill churches. Nevertheless, it's in there, so i got to say it. Amen. Amen. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's go on. As the Pharisees questioned him, he said, I, the man that healed me told me to do, who is this man? And he really didn't know that it was Jesus, but then word got around and it came back that it was Jesus. So they start to give Jesus a hard time, and of course... Jesus comes back on him. And Jesus specifically speaks to the fact that he is God's son. And when he says that he is God's son, he, they know what that means. 
That means he's claiming to be God. He's claiming to be equal with God. And that made him want to kill, that made them want to kill him all the more. But he's going through um, everything about you know, who he is, what he's doing. He says, I don't do anything that I haven't seen the Father do. I don't say anything that the Father hasn't told me to say. All of these things that I'm doing, I'm doing because I see the Father. All of these things that I'm doing, I see. And I'm following him. I'm doing what he does. And I'm saying what he wants me to say. And they are infuriated, aren't they? My brothers and sisters, he says in uh, verse 31 of chapter 5, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. But there are at least three other witnesses. And he names, he says, the works. The works, they witness about who I am, who I'm following, right? John the Baptist, he said, you sent God. You, you, when John the Baptist was ministering, you heard him, and for a while you listened, and you were, you know, you were kind of intrigued by what John the Baptist was saying. You, you were intrigued, and you, li- and you even sent people. So there's the other witness. And then he also says the Father himself. What does he mean by the, the Father? He says the Father. God, but, no, but, but what is he speaking of? Remember when he was baptized? The voice out of heaven? God in heaven spoke, said who he was. So Jesus says, I'm not, if I witness of myself, if I'm testifying of myself, then you can, that, that's not true. Why? Because the, in their law, you had to have two or three witnesses, right? Two or three witnesses, let every truth be established. So he gave at least three witnesses other than himself, didn't he? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But then I like what he says in, in 5, 39 and 40. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. So the very scriptures that you're studying, the very things that you pride yourself in being experts in, those very things, they speak of me, but yet you won't come to me. What kept them from receiving that spiritual enlightenment? What kept them from really receiving what Jesus was offering? Say say loud. They didn't come to why they didn't go to him because pride. They they loved the world. They loved the money. We can go through the scriptures. You could see so many times, you know, I'm just gonna say this because I don't want to you know go to every scripture, but you know, they loved money. They loved the positions that they had. They loved wearing the clothes that they wore and being noticed by people. They loved the status that they had. They loved their office. So in other words, they loved what they, were, what they were enjoying here in this realm. They loved what they were enjoying right here, right now. And they were expecting a king that would be like David who would come and would take them out, of, out from under the subjugation of the Romans and set up their kingdom on earth. And they were looking, not looking for someone from poor old Galilee. They weren't looking for someone from across the tracks. They were looking for someone that was among them. They were looking for someone that came out from under the feet of Gamaliel. They were looking for someone who would, who would look like them. Someone who would act like them. Not some poor guy from Galilee. Not someone who was ministering to people that, man, who would minister to them? 
Not someone who showed compassion toward all peoples. And the only people that he really had trouble with were those who were the spiritually haughty. Those who were the church people. They could not receive. They couldn't receive anything. Why? Spiritually, their hearts are darkened. They know the word, but they can't see Jesus in the word. The word, as, as they know it, is a tool for them to keep the people under subjugation to them. The word, as they know it, is to, to, to boost them up, to raise them up. There was no way that they could receive. They knew the word. The scriptures, Jesus is saying it plainly. You search the scriptures, but they speak of me. Come on. You, think about this. That's like me. Let's, let's relate to that. I'm searching the scriptures, Old and New Testament, and I could see because now in the Old Testament, centuries, and it, I mean just hundreds of years before Jesus came, it told of Jesus coming. And you've heard me say this before, the, the odds of one man fulfilling all of those 300 plus prophecies are uh, one to the 28th power that one person can actually fulfill them all and one person actually did fulfill them all and his name is Jesus and that's why we're gathered in his name today. Amen. One man did. And so they had that. They lived by that. That was their life. They searched the scriptures all the time. In fact, well, my brothers and sisters, and it's, we have the advantage. We see the aftermath. We see what came after. We have the New Testament. They had the New Testament. They didn't have it. They were making it. They were making the New Testament. They were living the New Testament. But look what happened to all of those apostles. When the Holy Spirit fell, they were able to, even Jesus taught them so much as he was teaching them and imparting this knowledge to them and, 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 and was preaching and teaching and, and, and talking out of the scriptures and, and just living the life that they were supposed to have already known. They couldn't even receive it fully until the day of Pentecost, until the Holy Ghost fell. Then they received it fully. And, and, and we, we understand what happened. See, the Pharisees and the scribes, they're looking at the word of God, but they don't see Jesus in it because of their own flesh, because of their own pride, because of what they were enjoying here on earth, because of their status. And also, maybe it, hey, this Jesus, he doesn't look like, like what we want our Messiah to look like. Are you with me? But my brothers and sisters, without that, see, the word is, is a great thing. The word of God, and I know a lot of people who know this word but aren't born again. Because the spirit, their own flesh, their own, their own spirit, their human spirit has not been made alive yet. It has, there's no fellowship of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Peter 1, 22 through 24, here's what it says. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervent, with fervent, pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Look, how were your souls affected? By the word of God and by the Spirit. Titus 3, 5, and 6. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration, which we know is the word of God, and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Two. We're, we can't be saved by the word alone. It's got to be the word and the spirit. Okay, Tony, big deal. Who didn't know that? Well, I guess a lot of people didn't know that. 
In 2 Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14, but we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because of because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. So they have the word, but there's no spirit. And we know, my brothers and sisters, that this, the Holy Spirit leads us, teaches us, guides us, directs us in all things, don't he? But, yeah, okay, we know all of that. Yeah, but there's more. There's more. In 1 Corinthians 2, 12 through 14, let's go there. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So our brothers and sisters, you know, we see these Pharisees, they can't receive of the Spirit of God because they're looking at it in the natural. They're, they're, they're looking, they, they can't even understand their scriptures totally because they're looking at it in that. Well, totally the Holy Spirit hasn't fell yet. Well, they have someone standing in front of them who is living it. There are signs and wonders and he's saying to them, listen, you, there's three witnesses other than myself. What I'm saying to you is true. You know who I am because there's three witnesses other than myself. God the Father himself spoke and said that I am from him. John the Baptist spoke prophetically and said that I am him. And look at the works that I'm doing. Look at all the works that are being done of God. Look at all the Father's works being done through me. Those are at least three things, my brothers and sisters, that he said in in John chapter 5 but they still couldn't receive him. Why? Because their flesh, their own human spirit had not been in fellowship at all. They were closed off. They were too attached to what they had here. They were too enamored and they were ego again. What's keeping you from receiving all that the spirit of God has for you? What is keeping you from receiving all of the things of the Spirit of God? Now, some of us, admittedly, some that are here today maybe and some that are in and out, they, you know, they're happy where they're at. Let's, I'm going to just let it rip. They're happy where they're at. You know, they maybe, you know, they've got the two cars, they've got the, you know, 2.1 kids, they've got the house, they've got this, and relatively happy with that. And that's fine. You could be happy with that and be thankful, if, especially if you're a born-again Christian and you're giving God the credit for that. But my brothers and sisters, then, if we are looking at, at that, then we are no better than them. Because we're not looking at, we're looking at things according to man's wisdom, according to our own feelings, our own likes, and our own dislikes. If, if we think that, you know, that's what is, I'm depending on for, for happiness, for what about all of the people who have received such blessings to lose them. And when they lost them, lives shattered. What about people historically who have won the lottery, have so much money, start getting possessions, and then some things happen and they... they, How many times have we heard those stories? How about people who are massively wealthy? Live this life wanting for nothing. How many of those people who have seem to seemingly have everything end up committing suicide or doing just damaging themselves? 
there's this empty place in here that is shaped like God. Only God can fill that. And so when we're depending on these other things, we're no better than the Pharisees. We can't, what are we waiting for? What, you know what, Let, let's, some of you, that's simple. That's, maybe, maybe somebody is, is stumbling in there, maybe you're having that problem, maybe you're not. Maybe you've been believing for something for a long time. You've been praying for something, you've been believing for something, and you're just not seeing it. Now, I'm not going to stand here and say to you, well, you're in sin. You could be. There could be, there's, there, there could be one thing or there could be more than one thing. There's something that's got you tangled up where God can't bless that. But what is it? You know, is it, is it are we waiting for a magic boost? Are we waiting for that pill? Are you waiting for a word from me or from a word from your favorite celebrity preacher? Or, or are you waiting to go? Are you, are you looking for another church to sit in where that preacher is going to have the right answer? And then that's going to solve this problem. That's going to go ahead and put me over the top to receive this thing that I've been praying for, that I've been believing God for. Well, is God going to be at that place more so than your own prayer closet? Because if we're talking logistics or geography, God is everywhere. God is everywhere. Is he in here? Is he in here? And am I in him? There's the key. Am I in him? Is he in me? Because he says, If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you will and it be done. Oh, there you go, Tony. No, my brothers and sisters, please understand. If we're in that place and spiritually we're, we're, we're praying and we're, we're, we're petitioning God for things, we're, we're waiting for something that we've prayed for a long time or it just... Uh, you know, maybe we're seeing things go wrong in our life and we just, man, it's not supposed to be that way. Lord, I'm serving you. I'm doing everything I can to serve you. I'm everything I know to serve you and, and things are happening that just don't seem right. They don't, it, I can't, just can't seem to get over this hump, Lord. I, just this, this one block keeps coming up. Anybody like that? Any, or it'll go good for a little while, Lord, and just when I think that, yes, the Lord, you've, you've brought me to a place spiritually, something happens. Man, what are our expectations? What do we expect? Do we expect that because we're serving God, everything is going to be hunky-dory, we're never going to have a problem, and... That's the test of whether we're really serving God or not or whether we're really following the Holy Spirit because if you've been taught that, that's wrong. And, if you're, and, and even if you're getting down on yourself or even if the enemy of your soul is bringing you doubt because things aren't going right, well, then he's going to try to you know, bring up some past sin or you know, maybe I'm not praying enough or maybe I'm not reading enough or I heard Pastor Tony say you have to read and pray. Yes, you do. But what's enough? How long? What's the limit? Did I ever give you a time? Did I ever tell you how much scripture you must read a week? Did I ever tell you how much scripture you must read a day? No. Did I ever tell you how much scripture I read a day? 
Did I ever tell you how long I stay in prayer a day? Never. Why? That's between you and God. But I know this. If I don't read and pray, I know that the chances that I have of hearing from His Holy Spirit and being led, guided, and directed in truth are very slim. Very slim. Now I got to read and I got to pray, but I can't let the enemy of my soul minister to me and bring doubt. Well, you're not worthy. You're not praying enough. You're not reading enough. You're not doing this good enough. You're not doing that good enough. No. What I have to do is get on my face. Lord, I love you and I know you love me. So now, fix it. Help me. Reveal it to me. No, I'm going to run and I'm going to go to this church or I'm going to go to that. I'm going to go find this. I'm going to go get that book. I'm going to go get this. Listen, I'm not criticizing any of that. I'm not getting some books to help you. That's great. But if you barely have enough time to read this, then I wouldn't be investing in somebody else's book and see what their version of this is. Read this. And if you want to have an aid or whatever, that's that's a fantastic thing. That's, That's okay. That's great. We are, are we asking even for the right things? See, we're, we're, we're praying for things and we're, we have certain expectations, but are those expectations spiritual? Are they really of the Spirit? Is that what God would have us to pray? See, we, we have to have the Word and the Spirit working together. The Word without the Spirit does nothing, as we see. The Pharisees had the word, but they couldn't go to Jesus. My brothers and sisters, we, there are so many, and I've been raised up in a church where this, everything was spirit. Spirit, spirit, spirit. You believe what the preacher said, and, and if everything, if you were living right, man, you can get, you can go, man, you, you run, run the aisles and jump up and down and, and all of the show stuff. It's great. Yeah. Healings, and I've seen enough legs grow out in my day when I was a born-again believer in that little old church. Man, that was the whole thing. If somebody had a back pain, they put them up on the stage, and you see the legs grow out and all this other stuff. Seen demons cast out. All of that stuff. Is all of it true? Now, some of it is. Not all of it, but some of it is. But my brothers and sisters, if, I just, if that's my full diet, that doesn't help me. Because when I leave that place and, I've, you know, and the hair is not up on my neck anymore and I'm thinking I'm feeling something here, the Holy Ghost, and I got that chart, I got to go back there and live in the real world. I got to go to work tomorrow. And at work tomorrow, when somebody acts a fool, I'm not going to have a pastor sit up on a platform and say, hey, watch this leg grow out. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not trying to be ugly. Man, we have to have the Word inside of us. We have His Spirit inside of us. And when we can do that, when we, man, we, we start praying some things according to His Word, by the Spirit. We start to understand this Word, you see. They couldn't see Jesus in the Scriptures because they didn't want to see Jesus in the Scriptures. I want to see Jesus in the Scripture. The Apostle Paul said, that I will know you. Not just in the powers of the resurrection, but in the fellowship of the sufferings. What is that all about? If, if, listen, if my experience with God is all about the Holy Spirit carrying me through everything and seeing all of these signs and wonders, which I want to see, 
and then I'm thinking that I should never experience any hardship, then, I'm, then what is Paul preaching? What is the Holy Spirit saying through this word? What is the Holy Spirit saying through Jesus? In this world, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. What? No, it's not about that. So I'm not going to let that get me down. I, I'm not going to let that steal my joy. I'm not going to, listen, I'm not going to start turning off the Spirit. I'm depending on that Spirit to hear from God to be taught the truth. Are you with me? On Wednesday, those of us who were together on Wednesday, we, you know, we, we went into it. I'm going to read to you from Acts 4. Acts 4, beginning in verse 23. Just, we'll put some of it up. Just listen. And be, uh, being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. This, is being, this being John. Give you context here. This is John and the apostle Peter. They were arrested for healing the, the lame man at the gate beautiful. Remember? They were healed, and he healed, they healed that guy, and then they were arrested. And when they were arrested, they spoke, Peter let it loose, man. They cut loose. They spoke the word of God with boldness. They, now listen, the Holy Spirit was working through them, these signs, wonders, and miracles. They spoke, the, they spoke the word with boldness, and there was something that happened. Well, they were arrested, they were questioned, and that's where we find them right now. So when they had heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David has said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ for truly against, uh, for truly against your uh, holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. God allowed it to be done. God, listen, God let your king and my king be crucified for us. But it was done because of people who could not see, people who wanted to remain in power, people. Are you with me? People who were ego-driven, people who were self-centered, people who were here and now centered. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be looking in, in the ministry, anything. I don't want to be that person that looks at the here and now and then can't see the Spirit can't be led by the Spirit. Come on. Verse 29. Now the Lord took on their uh, threats and grant your servants... Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant your servants that, which, that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. My brothers and sisters, man, that is awesome. And see, there's balance there. What are you talking? Man, there's balance. These guys were persecuted. They were beaten before they were let go. And this is the prayer that they prayed. And this prayer that they prayed, it was John, it was Peter, and there was other disciples. They probably went to John Mark's mother's house. That's, I'm, I'm guessing that's where they were. But anyway, regardless of where they were, they were, they were with a group of other disciples, not necessarily all apostles. So when these, this group of believers got together and they started praying, and look at how they're praying. They're praying, they're quoting, Peter is quoting Psalm 2. We studied that together on Wednesday, but Peter is quoting Psalm 2. And he's saying, Psalm 2, you said this, and this is what's happening. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, the same thing is happening now. It hasn't changed. We are seeing it so prevalent in our country right now, it's crazy. If you can't see it, man, you, you don't even have to be a spiritual giant to see what's going on in this country right now. But it's that. It's against Christ. It's not against 
anything. It's not against you know, capitalism. It's not against you know, free democracy and all that. It's against Christ. So my brothers and sisters, listen. So what do these people pray? They pray, give us more boldness to speak your word. It's about your word. So give us more boldness to speak your word. Right? God shook the place. The Holy Ghost fell again. God shook the place. My brothers and sisters, this is about balance. These people, it doesn't even say that they prayed in the Holy Ghost. They just prayed a prayer which contained the word. It was acknowledging God's word. And the Holy Ghost fell. And they, be, they had more power. See, balance. Balance. What are you looking for? Are you looking for just the signs, wonders, and miracles? Is that the thing that would you know, put you over the top, as it were? Is that the thing that would make the change for you? Is that the thing, if you could get into that church or if you can get into that area or even in your own home, if you feel like, you know, all I have to do is stretch my hand, does God do that? Yes, he does. Mark, it says, these signs shall follow those that believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will, but you, you know the scripture. They will do, yes, do I want that? Do I believe that? I absolutely believe that. But we need to have balance as I was studying this, and, I'm, and I was looking up, thinking, do you know that uh, uh, there, was, there was a conference not too long ago where they talked about the fire falling? And these were, I'm not going to name names. I don't want to offend anybody today. In this conference, you had these respected theologians talking about the fire falling. And um, some of them said some things that the fire falling, and even on the day of Pentecost, when the fire came down, this is the judgment. That's not what my Bible says. My Bible says that the Holy Ghost came and appeared as, it doesn't say, you know, that he was fire, but it says as cloven tongues of fire. It says that Jesus will baptize. John said that one is coming who I'm not, he's, I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes. He's going to baptize you with fire and the Holy Spirit. Well, they say, well, that's judgment. They're speaking of judgment. No, because so much of what Jesus did was talking about, especially toward the end of his life, was talking about the comforter, the Holy Spirit coming. So you have the one side, the deniers, that are saying, you know, this is what the word says, and they're using some words and taking some stuff out to nullify the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Then you have the other side. And a lot of what these guys did, I saw, uh, I'm not going to name names again, you know, at one of these big mega complexes where uh, the, and this is what they use. Steve, come here for a minute. He shouts. He's got a guy up there. They got the altar full. The guy's up there with his hands, and he's you know laughing and chuckling, and and he and this guy grabs him by the stomach. Fire! The guy falls out. Right? I'm, I'm not judging. I'm just telling you what happened. He says, "Hey, pick him up." They pick him up. He says, Fire! And the guy throws off his jacket. And he starts taking laps around the church. You can sit. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for not taking laps around the church. <laughs> Fire! And all the people are going crazy, and this is, it's, it's just bananas. Now, do I think that it's possible that the Holy Spirit can make you run laps? I guess it's possible. But my brothers and sisters, balance. Where's the word? Where, where, where's, where's the word? 
How, how does that line up with the Word? And how does Jesus... See, here's what the Word says. The Word says that the Holy Spirit is going to glorify Jesus. So the first thing I want to know is, how does that glorify Jesus? I'm not saying that these things don't exist. They exist. But my brothers and sisters, balance. Where's the Word? Where's the Word? I, I, I want to give it to you. You see this? It's my, my turfgrass book. When I first came up in, the, uh, in my profession, I studied under two guys. I worked at a golf course, and um, it, was pretty, it was pretty neat. I worked for a guy. I was going to college at the time, and I was working full-time during the day, and I worked on a golf course. And the guy that I worked for was really a, a nice guy. And, and he treated guys, he treated the crew really well. You know, he would, if I was out there doing any kind of manual labor and menial tasks or whatever, if he was out playing golf with one of his buddies, he'd bring his buddy over and he said, hey, and he'd make sure he introduced him to me. And there I am, you know, edging a bunker or something, and I'm nobody. I'm one of the lowest guys on the crew. But he brings his friend over and he says, hey, this is Tony. He's one of my right-hand guys and all that. Treated, treated you like a million bucks. I've told you this before. Him and his wife, every Christmas, this is what got me and Michelle going on our tradition with our guys. Um, every Christmas, his, him and his wife, they, you know, they bring us in off the golf course a little bit early. Uh, they'd feed us lunch. And, and one year, she, uh, she gave me a package of tube socks or something like this, just something. And always just a little something. But, man, he, he made me understand that, go, you know what, that guy cares about people. He cares about me, you know. He was very weak as it relates to uh, technical grass growing, you know, technical aspects. The golf course was good, but it wasn't going to be, you know, they weren't going to hold any major events on it. Let me put it to you that way. So after that, I went to another golf course. Now I decided I want to stay in the golf course business, even though my college degree is in something else. So I stay and I become an assistant at another place. Now at this place, I work for a guy who specializes in growing in golf courses. He can play golf. He could really, he was just, he just, and he knew how, but he didn't know why. And just not like the other guy, he treated people like dirt. I mean, he was tough to work with. I had, you know, people would go into his office and he would just insult them. And they, I had guys come out of his office and come right up to me practically in tears and say, how do you work for this guy? And, you know, well, I like him. <laughs> but he, I remember, I mean, he was so rough on me and rough on everybody. He was great at what he did. He knew how to do, how to get certain results. He didn't know why. He didn't know anything about plant physiology. He didn't know how to formulate fertilizer. Any of the thing, any of the thing that the book taught, he really didn't know. He just knew from you know, getting some results here and there. He just you know, followed some things and did some things that was his tradition. And so that's what he did. And so because when someone would talk to him, um, it, 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 it bothered him. So if someone tried to talk with him or if I asked him a question, a technical question, and he couldn't give the answer, he, you know, he bowed up or you know, he put a wall up and it was difficult or he would try to you know, talk around it. You're not getting it. See, you could fake it. You could fake the spirit. Some people do. But what is behind that? Do you have a, where's that coming from? See, it's got to be the word and the spirit. It's got to be the word and the, come on now. The first thing I did was I started, I had to go and get educated. I I got the books. 
and I went to some classes, and I did the thing and started get, finding out some of the, what the word behind it. And then I was able to go ahead and improve on some of the tradition that I was taught. Come on. See, I'm speaking to some. Come on. So I, I, I learned a little bit more now, you see. So now it wasn't just about the tradition. I knew why, not just the how. I knew why. And so now I was able to improve on the how. Why? How would you be able to do that? Because now I knew the why. Now I knew I had some information, you see. How did you, how'd you get the information, Tony? I read the book. I got under some um, experts who read the book. I listened. I took notes. I studied. And I applied. Come on. See, it's really easy to get all caught up in the, in the music and there's some beautiful music. We sang some songs today that artists are so gifted and talented uh, you know, that recorded those songs. And, and, and it's beautiful. Some of it is just so inspired by the Holy Spirit. And some of it, man, you, you know, it doesn't matter you know, where you are, what you're doing. Isn't it amazing how sometimes you hear that right song and it just gets you? Have you ever been you know, by yourself in your car or by yourself in that quiet place and that song comes on and you get the lump in your throat, you start to cry? Come on, am I the only one? See, I understand something, and you understand something. There's something behind that. See, and it's not always just... See, because if all it is is a song, what happens when the song stops playing? See, if all it is is that, if it, all it is is I'm going to go to that church and I'm going to hear that preacher get up and jump up and down, and you know, you know how some usually I'll do those illustrations and stuff, and, and you know, the kids get... But, but when that goes away, what happens? If it's only about that, what happens when you don't have that? My brothers and sisters, the word and the spirit, we need balance. I want signs, wonders, and miracles. I want the word, I, but see, I want this place to shake because of the Holy Spirit. But I want this place to shake because we've got people in here who are wanting to be bold with the word of God. People who understand what the word of God says. And they're bold with it. Bold with it? Yeah. I'm going to live it no matter who's around me. No matter what it costs me. It may cost me some friends. It may cost me a relationship or two. I may be looked at in high school or in middle school, and I don't want any of those kids are mocking me, making fun of me, and all that other stuff. You know what? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Take it because God will bless you. If you stand and you be bold for him, I'm telling you that you will receive a reward. You may not see it in that moment and you may have to take it on the chin, but Jesus has already told us if we take it on the chin for his name's sake, we are glorifying him. We are glorifying him and great will be your reward. But see, I'm not doing it for a reward, you see. You know, you know why I'm doing it? Because my king, stretched out his hands for me. That's all I need to know. My king stretched out his hands for me. I'm not doing it for the reward. I'm doing it because I love him. The reward will take care of itself. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, yeah, do I want? I want. I want to grow in the Lord. I want God to move among us. I want us to, to, to walk out of here knowing that we know that we know that we got in the presence of the Lord and the Holy Spirit taught us something. We were changed because the Holy Spirit ministered. Look at in Ephesians chapter 1, 15 through 19. Therefore also, 
After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints. My brothers and sisters, you see this? We take it on the chin for him. Why? Because we know him. We know what his word says. He loved us. We loved him. And look, at we have an inheritance with the saints. But I want to draw back. Go back to, to uh, verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. You know that word understanding in that sentence, in that scripture, that word understanding comes from the Greek word cardia. That is the word for heart. The eyes of your heart. The eyes of your heart. See, my brothers and sisters, it's the Holy Spirit that allows me to get that word from here to here. I've got to get that word from here to here. And this scripture is blowing me up and telling me I need to do that. And I need to see, because now I've got more Not Do you know him? Do you know him? Because if you do, then that means you have the spirit of his spirit inside of you ministering to you. The spirit inside of you, listen, providing you with power that, that's not of you. That you have the spirit of him inside of you that's able to deliver you even in the midst of a bad situation, you, you, you're, not, you're not moved. Even when the enemy or someone puts a stumbling block in front of you, you're able to see it for what it is. Why? Because it's spiritually discerned. I wasn't going to go here, but I'm going. Think, I cannot wait until the election is over because maybe we'll have just a few months without all, these, all the garbage that we see, all of these advertising and, and all these th- where they're telling you things that are not true most of the time or they're embellishing to get you to think something. You know what? Those of us who um, are spiritual, we can see through it. Why is it that politically now this country is so divided and, there's, and you know, everybody's talking about the violence and all of this stuff that's happening? Why? When I was a kid, did things like this happen? It wasn't the horse and buggy days, by the way. It wasn't that long ago. But no, did this stuff happen? Small pockets, not like now. But you know what difference? Well, forget about it when these two were kids. <laughs> she just gave me the stink eye. What, did it happen? Yeah, there were pockets of it, but not like now. What's the difference? The difference is back then there was still a moniker of morality. There was still a a moniker of God-fearing people. There were still some God-fearing people in this land. And there was still, listen, the family was still intact. So we identified with our family. We identified with our community. And we weren't so locked up. And we didn't have fake book, uh, snap trap. Twiddly D and twiddly dump. We didn't have all of those social media things where we're putting our whole life on this thing and we're getting everybody to believe this, believe that, walk the other. We didn't spend our time on social media. We actually spent time with our families and our identity and what we believed and, and how we felt. And, and it was actually played out in a community. We identified with a community. We had people that loved around us and that we loved. 
Now we identify with the red or the blue, the conservative or the ultra-liberal, or whatever the heck they call it now. I don't even care. I'm just telling you, now we have people that are so attached to those things, and that's why it's so divided. Man, we don't, have, we don't, we don't, we don't sit around the table with our families. We don't, we don't identify with that. When we sit around the... Man, I, I hate it when the kids come over and they're on computers. They got the, 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 I, I don't like that. When my grandkids used to hang out with me, they don't do that no more. I used to put the phone away. Why? This is pop-up time, I used to tell them. This is pop-up time. Why? I want to have relationship. I want to, let's, you know, let's be identified and, and let's get your belonging with us, not with this group that's trying to attach you to them so that they can be in power. I don't want to be told these lies. When I have the Holy Spirit in me, something totally different. I I have discernment, you see. I'm not going according to my own intellect or my own wisdom. I'm not going to what I see, what I hear, what appeals to my human senses, what appeals to the natural man. Now, all of a sudden, my brothers and sisters, there's something else that's going on inside of me. I've got the Word, and I've got His Spirit. They can't put me in chains. Amen? And not only that, I'm not serving a God who left the earth when he rose and said to me, let's see how you do. I'll give you my spirit and we'll see how you do. No. His spirit is his presence with me. He said, I will never leave you, forsake you. He didn't leave me on my own. In fact, he said, I'm not going to leave you orphans. His whole plan was that we would have him with us. And we do, don't we? So my brothers and sisters, the word and the spirit. The word and the spirit. Got everything I need. Amen. 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 Stand with me, please.